five people around the world who want to hear me preach. And so I posted on my podcast and we get literally five or tens of hits. No, it's the Lord's really blessing that. But, um, you know, it's Christmas, right? God is in a manger. I love the way Charles Spurgeon said it. Infinite yet infant. Eternal yet born. Almighty yet suckled. Upholding a universe yet laying in a manger. J.I. Packer says, <laughs> the more you think about it, the more staggering it is. Amen? I trust that you have spent some time in these last days thinking about it. And I'm just going to preach to you uh, this morning. All I'm going to do is to exhort you to the only reasonable response to the fact that God is in a manger. In a nowhere place. In a stable. And He's on His way to the cross. Why is He in the manger? It's an awesome thing, right? It's a beautiful romance. It's a sacred romance. The groom has come for His bride. He will not be denied. The beautiful warrior shepherd has come for His people. And my exhortation to you this morning is simply, in my view, the only reasonable response to a God like this. And my text will be Philippians 1.21. You know the great text. I trust. Um, I'm preaching through Philippians right now, and I hit this a month or so ago, and I was greatly convicted. Greatly convicted about all the areas in my life that I need to work on with respect to Philippians 1.21. But you know the great text. Paul's in prison. He's chained to a Roman soldier 24-7. Uh, he's being slandered in the church at large. And Caesar may chop his head off at any moment. But the book of Philippians, as many of you know, is the book of joy. The epistle of joy. And Paul says, man, verse 20, he says, Christ shall even now as always be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul says, it doesn't matter to me if I live or if I die. It does not matter. For to live, for to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. But, but if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. I am hard-pressed. I know that most of you would echo that. Amen? You're hard-pressed. It's, it's very much better, as Paul says. What? To be with Jesus. You know, if you ever get that, if you ever really get that, uh, then you, I think you can start to live New Testament Christianity. If you ever really get that. The death is just merely gain for us. I read a book... Uh, last week or so. It's a book by a pastor, two pastors, about being, past, about being a pastor, right? So it may not resonate with you. It resonated with me. He says this, in talking about how your average pastor is treated by your average church member and uh, by the community at large. 
He says this, everyone treats us so nicely, no one seems to think we really mean what we say. I'm here today to destroy your way of life. And it's like this pastor says, it's like people don't think we really mean it when we preach like this. And he goes on and he says, are these people right about us? Is their way of life in no danger from us? And from the gospel of Christ? I really appreciated his words. And I'm here, as I said, explicitly to destroy your way of life. If your way of life, if your Christianity has devolved into some small, manageable, risk-averse kind of expression, if you are honestly more interested in security and comfort and ease then you are in radically walking with Christ Jesus. If your affections for Christ have grown lukewarm, I'm here to destroy your way of life. If you're investing more in houses and lands and possessions and portfolios than you are in the kingdom of God, I am here to destroy your way of life. If you really believe that the words of the incarnate God are in any way compatible with the, the American dream as it is commonly defined, I am here to destroy your way of life. And so there's no mistake or misunderstanding. As my colleague talked about in his book, I mean what I say. More importantly, what God says to us this morning God means. God means. If you, man, I was listening to the music. The music was great because the sermon was in it. I didn't even talk to is it Michael. I didn't even talk to Michael. I don't, you know, obviously God did this. The, the sermon was in it, giving ourselves away to this awesome God. I tell my people all the time, you are a vapor. What are you doing playing around with the world? We don't have time to play around with the world. Amen? We're vapor upon the earth. This sermon is about vapor utilization. I'm calling you to vapor utilization. Radical vapor utilization. To live as Christ. To die as gain. I was telling Bob, I think it was Bob earlier, to me this is the New Testament Gospel. Anything less than this is compromise. It's apostate. What's John MacArthur's new book about? What is the preeminent metaphor in the New Testament for the believer? We are slaves. Slaves with benefits, I would say. Slaves to this beautiful God. This God who is worthy. Worthy to follow. So I want you to know I'm blood earnest. And God is too. God is too. Jesus Christ is unambiguous. He says, simply follow me. He means it, right? You all understand this. Is there anyone in here that doesn't understand that Jesus means it when He says, follow me? Nobody? Okay. We, we, we're all on the same page here. He really means it. He really means it. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? 
It's Christmas and God is in a manger and He is not in that manger to sanctify the American dream. He's in that manger to redeem His people, to call them out, to be priests in the world and to make Jesus famous in every corner of the world. Jesus has not come to be our life coach. I doubt you get much life coach preaching in here. But He's not come for that. He's come to call you into radical discipleship. He has come to be your Savior and to be your Sovereign. Yes, if you're going to go with Jesus, you must forfeit your uh, individual personal sovereignty. It belongs to Him. You know, who was it? I think it was Packer talks about how men think they're amateur sovereigns. No, it was A.W. Pink actually. A.W. Pink talks about the amateur uh, sovereignty of, of natural man. We must forfeit that if we're going to go with Jesus. You know this, right? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. It is not about you. Everybody get that? It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's never going to be about you. You know, there's so much man-centered preaching in the church today. Most people walk out of the church and they think, it's all about me. It's about someone infinitely more interesting than you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise God. If it was about me, I'd be bored to tears. But it's about Him. It's about this beautiful, awesome warrior shepherd God who's come to redeem His people. Jesus is not a nice little religious addition to your life. He has come to rule and reign. And I'm going to challenge you today. Have you surrendered your own sovereignty to Him? Does He really rule and reign in your life? Does He really rule and reign in your life? This is why I'm here this morning. I don't often quote Dan Aykroyd. I've never quoted Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> But I am on a mission from God. When Curtis gave me this opportunity, it really wasn't 10 minutes, and I knew, I knew what God wanted me to say. I knew what He wanted me to preach, to live as Christ, to die as gain. To live as Christ, to die is gain. I love what C.S. Lewis says, there's no bargaining with Him. You can't have half of Him. You can't go halfway with Him. There are no half measures with Christ Jesus. Amen? There's no bargaining with Him. You're either all His or you're not His. And Jesus says stuff like this, you let the dead bury the dead. But as for you, you go and you proclaim the kingdom of God everywhere. Jesus says things like, no one, is, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus says things like this, Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make for yourselves purses which you do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says things like this, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is how the God, of, the God of the Bible speaks. He says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his instrument of death, and follow me. It's the gospel. It's the, it's the call. 
We're not called to be pretty young or old religious people. We're called to be disciples. Disciples. This is the call of the Lord Jesus to His people. It's how the God of the Bible speaks. He's not the domesticated, user-friendly, middle-class American dream Jesus. The biblical Jesus. Who says, if you're not willing to sacrifice all for me, don't even come with me. These are the words... These are the words of God. He is the uncontainable, unmanageable, untamable Creator. God, you cannot domesticate Christ, although much of Christendom has attempted to do this over the years, to domesticate Him and manage Him. You cannot do it. You cannot manage I Am. Makes me think of, uh, you remember that great line in the Chronicles of Narnia? You remember when Lucy heard that, that Aslan was a lion? You remember what she asked uh, Mr. Beaver? Anyone remember? <laughs> Is he safe? You remember what Mr. Beaver said? Safe. Of course he's not safe. But he's good. He's good. I know I can get many testimonies uh, about that from, from this group. He's good. It's not always going to be safe. You know, John Piper says it. Obedience is risk. It is risk. Where's the risk in your life for the sake of the gospel? It is risk. It's not always safe to walk with Christ Jesus, but it is always life. Amen? It's the only kind of life to go with the Lord Jesus. I love how Graham Cook says it. He says, you always know what God is going to be like. You guys, you guys have heard him say this. You don't ever know what he's going to do. <laughs> you know, when you start walking with him, you don't really know what he's going to do. You always know he's going to be good. But you don't really know what he's going to do. So, if we dispense with the fabricated American middle-class Jesus and we go with the Lion of Judah, will it be safe for us? Will it be secure for us? Will it be comfortable for us? I don't know. Jesus doesn't answer those kinds of questions. He doesn't give those kinds of guarantees. He just says, follow me. That's what Jesus says. And that's what I'm here to challenge you to do in 2011 like you've never done it before. To live your Christianity like you know it's supposed to be lived. You've always known it's supposed to be lived radically. And maybe some of you are living it radically. I know I have work to do. Maybe you guys are all spiritual and you got it going on perfect here. But I've got a lot of work to do. Man, when I hit that to live as Christ to die as game passage a couple of months ago, it's been in my heart and in my mind. I've got work to do with Jesus. To progressively surrender myself wholly and fully and completely in every sphere of my life. As David Platt says, no longer settling for Christianity that revolves around catering to myself when the central message of Christianity is actually to abandon myself. And I'm calling you in 2011 to give yourself away to Christ like you never have before. It's brand new. 2011 is brand new, man. It's brand new. 
It's all brand new. And some of you already know what God is talking to you about. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. You know right now. You know what He's calling you to do. You know that area of your life where you're supposed to take aggressive and radical action. You already know it. And I'm going to challenge you to do it. In 2011, I promise you won't be sorry. You know, here's what I've learned about, about God. Uh, you know, I, I quit business and, and just went, right? And what I want to say to you, my dreams were way too small. God's dreams are so much fun. He fills your heart as you obey. And you have, you know what it's like. It's a God encounter, right? It's a God encounter when you, when you obey and there's, there's risk there and there's cost there and there's a lot on the line there. It's a God encounter. God shows up. God shows up and He does God stuff. Amen? If you've not had that experience, then you can have it in 2011. Wherever it is God's calling you to radical and sacrificial obedience, just do it. Just do it. You'll have a God encounter. Uh, I promise. You will. You will have one. To live as Christ, to die as gain. Jesus is better than anything this life can give. Amen? And Jesus is better than anything death can take. Amen? Do you believe it? Amen. Are you living it, Christian friend? You, you probably, none of you are going to like me when, when I get done. <laughs> you'll, you'll be nice to me because you should be, right? No, I'm here and I'm preaching like this because I love you. Time is short. There's a ton of work to do. And you're going to be standing before Him, looking into His eyes before you know it. You know, I, 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 I tell my people all the time, you know, just, you just got to point at the Bema seat, man. You just got to point at the Bema seat. That's the reality that governs my life. The Bema seat. That's what I'm calling you to today. Paul says, if I live, it's about Jesus. My life, my body, my marriage, my children, my singleness, my sexuality, my career, my money, my possessions, my hopes, my dreams, it's all about Jesus. It's not a little bit about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I surrender it all up to His sovereignty and to His Lordship. Piper calls, John Piper calls Philippians 1.21 a tsunami verse. Don't you love that? A tsunami verse. And it is. If you get it, it is. It changes everything. It will change everything. It radically changes the landscape in your life, in your heart, and in your mind. If you really get Philippians 1.21, you know, you either get it or you don't get it at all. <laughs> this has been my experience. You either get it or you don't get it at all. And if you don't get it at all, you're actually a little afraid of it. When actually all Jesus is doing in this verse is calling you out into something infinitely more valuable than your small dreams. Something infinitely more satisfying than your small dreams. He's so good. Don't you love the faithfulness and the goodness of God to, to call us out? He never doesn't call us out. I love that about Him. I love that about Him. Paul says it, Philippians 3, 7, and 8. 
He says, whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Jesus. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them but refuse or dung in order that I may gain Christ. There it is. There it is. Man, Paul was at the top of the food chain in Jerusalem. He says that's dumb compared to knowing Christ Jesus and to giving myself away to Him in a radical way. Paul understood. Not only did he understand, he had the joy of it. You know, this is, I, I'm constantly amazed at the joylessness of so many professed Christians. And to me, I think it's always just an obedience issue. Somewhere, God is challenging them to go and they're sitting down. At least I think that's sometimes the issue. So biblical Christianity, it always looks like a tsunami in the life. It always destroys ways of life. It always shatters dreams. It always turns lives upside down. Or should I say, as David Platt says, right side up. For the first time, you're right side up. For the first time, as you surrender yourself to Lord Jesus. I love what John Eldridge says about Philippians 1.21. He says, these are the most dangerous people in the world. The people who live this, he says, they're the most dangerous people in the world. How dangerous are you, friend? <laughs> How dangerous are you to this, in this fallen world? How dangerous are you to a rebellious sinner to speak the gospel to them? How dangerous are you? Can God use you to turn, the, to turn Little Rock upside down? You know, one life at a time. Amen? One life at a time. Turning the world upside down. One life at a time. How dangerous are you to the status quo? Of the world, I've been conducting a non-scientific poll for the last few years. I lo love to ask Christians, "What is it that pleases God?" And there's there's a number of legitimate ways to answer that question, right? But what does God say explicitly in Hebrews 11? What is it that pleases Him? Faith. Well, how do I know you have faith? Well, you tell me you have it. Wonderful. But I can't see it. I can't see the faith, but faith is like the wind, right? You can't see the wind, but you see the effect of the wind. If, God, if the Spirit of God is blowing through your life, everyone around you is going to feel the breeze. Amen? This is what pleases God. That His people live their faith. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What does God say in that Awesome little book of James about a faith that only hears and does not act. What does God say about that? God says they are deluded. What does God say about uh, the man who says he has faith uh, and he simply talks? What does God say about that? But he never acts. God says it's useless. It's dead. You know, we don't have to guess what God means when He talks about faith. I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases James 2.17. He says this, <laughs> Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Amen? 
God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense. I love that. Yes, it's outrageous nonsense. Most of what goes on in Christendom today is outrageous nonsense. Whether it's brain-dead Catholicism or cotton candy Protestantism, it's outrageous nonsense that we've made ourselves the center of it. It's not about you. Did you hear my song? <laughs> On the video, you may not have. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. In every sphere of your life, it's supposed to be about Jesus. It's the call of God. It's, uh, it's New Testament Christianity. How do we know Noah had faith? How do, we, how do we know? There's an ark, right? How do we know Abraham had faith? He left Ur. I mean, how, how, do we know, how do we know David had faith? It's a dead giant there. Mary said, be it done unto me according to your word. The widow threw in her two copper coins. Peter left his boat. Matthew left his counting table. And Paul left his religion. You could see the wind was blowing in their life. There was a tsunami in their life. Beloved, has there been a tsunami in your life? I'm calling you in 2011 to radically give yourself to Jesus in ways that may be brand new, may be scary, may be risky, may be costly. Listen, friends, you don't have, you can't waste 2011. If you actually believe what the Bible says about uh, who we are, you, you can't waste 2011. You can't, you can't employ half measures in 2011. I'm challenging you to give yourself away to Him. God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense. It is outrageous nonsense. And I love, I love what, uh, how God, you know, in, in Hebrews 11, I refer to it so often in my preaching. You know, God defines faith for us. He gives us that working definition. But just so guys in robes and pointed hats and preachers in $1,000 suits, you know, so they can't really, with any intellectual integrity, uh, try to turn that on its head, God gives us just a, an avalanche of illustrations, right? That's what Hebrews 11 is. It's men, it's real men, real women, with real faith and a real God making a real impact in the real world. That's real faith. That's real faith. And that's what I'm calling you to in 2011. I know that many, if not most of you, are already living that faith, but I'm calling you deeper. Isn't it awesome that Jesus never leaves us to ourselves? Praise the Holy Spirit. He'll never leave us to ourselves. He says, I'm going to complete the good work I've begun in you. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> it's not up to me, man. I would, I'd be a train wreck in five minutes. But God says, I'm going to complete the good work. And I, I, that's what I'm here to do, is to call you to the new place in 2011. Call you to the new place, the, the, the deeper place. The place you've never been with Jesus before. You know, that should be perpetually going on in your life. The new place. The new place of sacrifice. Piper says, real faith is uttered in love with all that God will be for us beyond the grave. I love that. Pointing at the beam of seat. 
Real faith loves God more than job, money, dream houses, retirement, family. It loves God more than life. Real faith says whether God handles me tenderly or gives me over to torture, I love Him. He's my reward. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I always love what John MacArthur says. I use this quote all the time. My church hates it. They're tired of it. But Christianity is not a run through the park with a bouquet of balloons. You, you guys know that, right? That's not what Jesus has called us to. He has called us to sacrifice. Sacrifice. That's what I'm calling you to. That's what God is calling me to today. You know, the preacher is always pretty much preaching to himself. And that's what I'm preaching to myself today, man. Oh, Jim, well, you're a missionary. You, you, know, you went to seminary. You quit business. Oh, you're just... I've got tons of work to do. <laughs> I've got tons of work to do. Man, I want to give it all to Jesus. I'm still learning how to do that. And I'm challenging you to do the same in 2011. 20, Jesus says in John 12, 26, If anyone serves me, he will follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant be also. Did you hear him? He says, where I go, my servant goes. Where I am, my servant is. So, are you still hot on the heels of Jesus Christ? Believer. Or did you sit down somewhere? I'm exhorting you to get up and get hot on His heels and never look back. You know, Christians are supposed to look back. You don't look back. You, you're, you're, you're fixed on His heels and you go. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Jesus says, My people are not preoccupied with risks and costs. They are preoccupied with Me. If we perish, we perish. Amen? Amen? If we perish, we perish. That's infinite gain for me. And I've often thought, when Curtis went to Burma with 20 grand on his body, I said, well, you know, he may be going to see the Lord. I mean, that's, that was a scary thing to me. I'm glad you didn't ask me to do that. That, was, that would have been alarming to me. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Listen, if you weren't paying attention during the songs, get the songs, get the words of the songs. I, you know, I, I love to sit there. And again, I didn't talk to the music guys, so, but I love to sit there and hear the sermon and the music. And I know that my sovereign Lord, my sovereign Lord has given me His message. It's not my own. You know, some Christians, the only risk they ever, the, the greatest risk they ever take is the drive to church and home and back home. Jesus called us to radical faith. George Otis, I don't even really know who he is, but I love this quote. He says, uh, God never calls His people to a fair fight. <laughs> Some of you already know that. Some of you have experienced that. It's the whole Kadesh Barnea thing, right? You've you got to show up. <laughs> I heard somebody say one time that 90% 90, 90 of Christianity is just showing up. <laughs> just show up and trust the Lord to do what He's promised to do. Do you believe He's Jehovah Jireh? How many of you believe it? How many of you believe that He's Jehovah Jireh? How many of you believe He'll provide if you sell everything and you move across the world? Who's this brother going to Uganda? Where is he? Okay, I want to talk to you guys later. I love guys like that. I love all of you, but I love guys like that. 
And who's the guy that's doing the rescue mission thing? Where's that guy? I love you, man. I used to go to the rescue mission. I don't know that I was, the Lord used me in any particular good way, but I was down there. I love that. Man, this is the kind of stuff we're supposed to be doing, right? Not when it's convenient. Do it. If you wait till it's convenient, you're never going to do it. If you wait till you can cross all your T's and dot all your I's, you're never going to do it. It's Kadesh Barnea. God says, go in. I don't care how big they are. I'm God. <laughs> you know, Kadesh Barnea is just about the people believing that God is God enough for them. Let me ask you, is God God enough for you to really follow Him and obey Him in a radical Radical way in 2011. That's always the issue. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You must not only believe that He is, and I know everyone in here, I bet, believes that He is. You know, the problem I've seen in many Christians' life is they don't really believe He's good. They believe He is, but they won't risk a ribbon or a pin on the, the prospect that He's good and He's faithful and He'll show up. If I stick my neck out, He'll show up. We must believe that not only that He is, but that He is good. I love how C.S. Lewis says, he says, he says, man, we weren't redeemed to ride ponies uh, with saddles. We're redeemed to, to ride those earth-shaking steeds from the king's stable. This is not about a pony ride. We're supposed to be grown-up men and women and young men and women walking with Jesus. In a radical way. We're sons and daughters of El Shaddai. And I don't really know how long I've been preaching, but I'm about through. So I'm here to give you the best Christmas, maybe the best Christmas gift you've ever had. I'm giving you license. I stand here on the authority of Word of God and I give you license to go into, go into Little Rock, go into your homes, go into your schools, go into your places of business and to live out the gospel in a radical way. In such a way that people see it. And they acknowledge it. And they simply are compelled to ask you about it. <laughs> that's what I'm challenging you to do in 2011. At least one thing. At least that's one of the things I'm challenging you to do. Stop looking at how your neighbors live. Stop looking at how uh, your extended family lives. Stop looking at how even maybe your fellow church members live. Look at how Christ lived. And you walk with Him. No more half measures, no more compromises, no, no more conformity with the world, no more employing the wisdom of the world. Just sold out discipleship. To live as Christ, to die is gain. If you've been lulled to sleep by Americanized Christianity, if you've conformed to a small, manageable, careful kind of Christianity, if you know in the core of your being that you've never utterly sold out to Jesus. If somehow, somewhere along the way, you've left your first love. If somewhere along the way, you've begun to settle for lesser dreams. I call you this morning to repent. Repent. And get on your face. Go home and get on your face before Jesus Christ. And give yourself away to Him like maybe you never have before. And I promise you, 2011 will be the best year you ever lived. Because you'll just keep having those God encounters, man. <laughs> God encounter. God encounter. God encounter. 
You know, God just never stops coming to his people. You know, I was in BSF. The first study I did in BSF was, Ab- was, uh, was Genesis. And I was so in awe. I'd just been converted, right? You know how I got converted. I was just sitting in church minding my own business. I, I just wanted it to be over so I could go watch football, right? Has this happened to any of you guys? I just wanted it to be over. Somebody read Matthew. The, the, I don't remember the text, but it was out of the Gospel of Matthew. And I heard him, man. I heard God. From His Word. And I realized, man, if, if that's what He's saying a Christian is, I know I'm not one. And the Lord converted me at 28, minding my old business in church. I want you to know I'm not a random preacher preaching some random sermon. God has called me here today to deliver this message to you. To me <laughs> and to you. 2011. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Jesus is unambiguous and unapologetic. So I call you today to radical repentance of the sin in your life. We all struggle with sin in our lives. I'm calling you to radical repentance. I'm calling you to radical love in this body. To love this body. To serve this body. Radical service in this body. That's why you're here. Man, I hate this consumerism that's so prevalent in the modern church, right? People, well, I'm going to date the church. I said, who was it? Right, some guy wrote a book. You know, don't date the church. Commit to the church. Radically love and serve the body right here. Radically love and serve the community of Little Rock. Radically love and serve the community in Little Rock. Radically give. This brother from uh, Uganda, this should be like no concern. I, I bet we could take an offering right here, right now. We could fund him easily. We'd never miss it. Beloved, you're supposed to be a fire hose, man. When it comes to money, you're supposed to just be God's fire hose. You're supposed to be, I like the way... Uh, What's that guy's name? Treasure Principal? Alcorn. Alcorn. Remember what he says? Man, you're supposed to be the FedEx guy. You know, God's giving you resources. You're just supposed to take it to the need. You're not supposed to be hoarding it up. (laughs) You're supposed to be taking it to the need. Yeah, we got to help this brother going to Uganda. You know, it's a shame that missionaries, one of the missionaries in my church, he, he has to spend so much time raising money. I know that part of that's necessary, but you know, Karen and I have never raised money. We've never raised money. We, we just ask God for money. Obviously, we tell people what we do, but we've never asked a man for a dime. And God has been gracious and faithful. So, what I want to say as I close, and Mike, I'm sorry you told me to preach 15 minutes, but... Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'd have to excuse myself. If someone made me pre- I can't preach 15 minutes. I can't do it. Um, and I know there's limitations. I understand that. I challenge you right here, right now, as the servant of God, to purpose right here, right now, before you leave this building, as you take communion, 
to commit 2011 to Jesus Christ like you never have before. This new year is His. In your marriage, in your career, in your money, in your investments. In every relationship that you have, no more settling for Americanized Christianity. So as you come to the table this morning, I challenge you, I challenge you that in 2011, you will incarnate, you will incarnate, Philippians 1.21. You know, the Christmas story is about the incarnation of God. And if we read the New Testament, we understand that it's, it's, it's exhorting us to be the incarnation of the Word, right? What does God say? My people do the Word. You can always tell a legitimate Christian, man, they're out there doing the Word, right? They're not just hearing it. They're not just talking about it. They're doing it. So, yeah. Some of you may be called to the four corners of the world. Go. Don't ever look back. Some of you are called to be financial martyrs to send that person or those, those persons. You know, we just need some financial martyrs in the American church. Financial martyrs. Don't you love that? I think, David's, I think it was David Sitton I, I heard say this. Man, just to be a financial martyr for the spread of the Gospel. To live as Christ, to die as gain. I challenge you. I challenge you in 2011. Give it to Jesus like you never have before. Let's pray. Awesome, beautiful God. Who is like unto thee, O Lord? You have no colleague, you have no peer. And you have loved us with an unfathomable love. Forgive us, Father, that there have been times in our lives when we have not truly responded in an appropriate way. But Lord, we thank You for this message this morning. Teach us how to live like this. Teach me how to live like this more fully, Lord, I pray. To live as Christ and to die as gain. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.